Welcome to the Snap UK podcast, where Paul is still chuckling at the phrase meat truncheon. <laughs> this week, it's the Super Bowl preview show, and so much more. Uh, we're very tired and very late, so it's going to be interesting to see how we get on. But we've got an argument, a roundtable argument set up for today to try and decide who is going to win the Super Bowl. Basically, so we can't all just jump on the Bengals bandwagon because that's who we'd like to see win. Can't have it. Got to have fairness. Got to have fa- Like the BBC. Got to have it laid out properly. Some of us got officially placed on the Bengals bandwagon, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to that, we have much exciting news to cover in the world of coaches being appointed, uh, people retiring, people wishing they were somewhere else, uh, fighting. There's lots of things going on. And not here, by the way. No one fighting here. It's a big love in here. Uh, and some very smooth human beings at this table as well, I believe. Can talk about that. Right. John, we uh, we got to see who the Giants head coach was that they appointed last week. Still happy with Brian Dable? Yeah. <laughs> Good. That club was the Giants again, in case anyone missed it. Uh, as the other Giants fan here, hello. I don't care about your opinion. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Well, much like myself after our recent sponsor, I think Brian Dable's going to be slinging dick. <laughs> right, that guy's going to be doing great work there. I think it's a great appointment. Great. Well, that was the, the first key coaching appointment that we had last week on the show. But since then, we've had five, count them, five coaching hires. So we have to go through them one at a time. And uh, as I throw them out, feel free to give me your feedback because we've had text conversation about this and already some disagreement, let's say, about who's going to be good and who's not. We're going to start with the Saints uh, after, uh, after sorry, um, Sean Payton's late decision to walk away and be replaced by Kevin James in a film, which... <laughs> has anybody watched yet? No, we're watching it on Sunday. 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 We're watching it Sunday. Are we? Yes. You should, You've got yeah. Netflix, right? I do have Netflix, but we're nobody actually it. asked me this. That's because it's a terrible idea. Because we mentioned it on the pod last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, Thanks for listening. That show you missed. Gary lives in the future, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I live in the now. Right. Well, now and in the future, that film is fucking terrible. <laughs> right. are, we right. a- are we actually watching that rather than, like, playing Madden? You lot are. I'm going to be leaked. <laughs> I don't want to play Madden it's always shit I'd rather watch Kevin James mug through a f- shitty film <laughs> which he's gonna do sounds, it sounds like like the worst idea we've ever had oh, oh no, no, no 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 steady on we've had some terrible ideas <laughs> we put ourselves for a combine that was fucking hilarious <laughs> earlier on you volunteered to shave your wife's initial into your pubes with your new manscape trimmer that's a pretty terrible idea but funny to be least, fair, he also said that I should sh- I should shave a different letter to my wife's first name. He will marry. Which an was I- a really bad idea. He will marry an Irish woman. You know, the danger I'll- round. <laughs> <laughs> See if she notices. Yeah, I mean, like, my money's on no. If I'm honest, right. So all that being said, <laughs> the Saints have decided to stay in house. I mean, also, with, with the Saints, is that is that like? No, it's an E. You have to squint. (laughs) (laughs) It's not supposed to be an E. (laughs) Talk about going off the rails, and it wasn't even me. So Dennis Allen becoming the head coach of the Saints. Yeah. That isn't as good a job as it looks. There is horrible issues with salary cap there. You've got... No quarterback. Well, you've got too many quarterbacks, and none of them are any good. True. Well, good LASIK, defense. LASIK if they can keep it. LASIK Jameis keeping him fit. LASIK Jameis didn't look bad. Just LASIK Jameis got injured. True. I probably would have been in the playoffs if they had him. 
So yes. what what is the Jameis situation? Is he tied to the franchise for the, the no, following season? No, he was only on a one-year deal. He's a free contract. agent, yeah. yeah. And do they bring him back? Because... Will you accept less than the league minimum? Will you pay us <laughs> to come and play for us, Jameis? Like an F1 sponsor driver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same sponsored by LASIK Jameis. There's quarterbacks out there, isn't there? You know, yeah, but they can't afford any. Yeah, but they can, can't they? Because yeah, they will make Case Keenum's not expensive. Marcus Mariota's not expensive. They've got Taysom Hill. If they want to play, yeah, but they need a quarterback. Yeah, I know. They could throw the but book at them. They should throw Taysom Hill out of the out Ian of the franchise. Joke. That wasn't Ian Book <laughs> yeah. joke, yes. That was that was incredibly niche. It was Saints fans going, I don't I don't get that reference. Um yeah, okay, so the quarterback issue is definitely a problem. More of the problem that nobody's just brought up is that Dennis Allen was really crap the last time he was a head yeah, coach. But I don't think they can get Raiders. Yeah. He went eight and twenty eight. That is true. In two and one third seasons. The Saints defence has been a strength though when Winston was injured. I don't think yeah. they can go out and get... I mean, I don't think there are any top-tier coaching candidates anyway this year, but I don't think they would be able to get any anyway because no one wants to touch that. Mm, it's true. It's too, it's <coughs> too hard a job. It's, like Paul said, the salary cap is just terrible. There's no quarterback. Who knows what's going to happen with Michael Thomas? We've now got Alvin Kamara issues as well. Do you want to... Should we just mention the Alvin Kamara issues while we're here? Yeah, so he beat someone up in a nightclub. Uh, went, you went. told me because it was man on man action, it might not be as problematical as some of the issues we've seen. Well, we saw it with Aaron Donald. He was accused of uh, you know some man on man action prior to the season in a nightclub, and he didn't get suspended or anything, did he? Someone will get paid off. Someone will get paid off. The problem, and that's about as far as that needs to go. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> and um, but the problem with the Saints is, I think, because they had Drew Brees for so long and Sean Payton for so long. Is that they? Everyone's forgotten they they were terrible. <laughs> like True. for like thirty years, they were just awful. One yeah. of the worst franchises yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and Hugh Manning was the most sacked quarterback ever, wasn't yeah. he? When he was there, so they were called the Aints. Yeah, I think you know it was a you know a city that came together behind Breeze, behind Peyton. You know they also then paid to just deliberately injure players. You know, so there's, there's been all sorts of stuff that went on over the last fifteen years in in New Orleans, but prior to that. It was a shit show. So <clears throat> I think this guy's just being set up to fail, yeah, if I I'm agree. honest. And then if Peyton wants to come back because he'll still be under contract in two years, they'll it take does, a shot at it. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. So I think this is just keeping the seat warm. So the moral of the story is Alvin Kamara's really good against man defence. Well, didn't Kamara <laughs> want to go anyway? I think he wanted to go. Yeah, everyone's going to want to go, surely. And, and what else it shows is that nobody should be going to fucking Vegas. Like it was a stupid idea to take. They had the Pro Bowl there. That's where this happened. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like there that's is the whole problem. There There's is a franchise a, there, uh, yeah. but that's a really stupid thing because <laughs> it's, it's like it's gone it's so well since they moved. Viva to Oakland, <laughs> like Miami. You know, I'm sure one of the issues with Miami over the years has been that it's too easy to party. You know, pay these players like 25 million a year and expect them to focus on their career when you can just walk around bars in Miami at like one o'clock in the afternoon and there's just dancing girls in the middle of the bar. Trust me, I've been there. It's, it's fucking mental. It is a fair point because, I mean, it's the probably one of the biggest reasons that Brett Favre succeeded in Green, in Green Bay because if he'd gone anywhere else, he would have resorted back to Brett Favre because like, he's in Green Bay and there's fuck all to do there. In New England, you could go on, yeah. a, on a nice free tour of the Sam Adams Brewery. It's lovely. You know, but you're not going to go out and get fucking rallied up all the time. This is Vegas, man. It's mental. I've not been to Vegas. I, I can't I haven't comment. either, but, but I can only imagine. I've seen the. I've hangover. seen Louis Farouk. <laughs> I've seen the Hangover. I was in Vegas. Wasn't <laughs> it? Representative of the real world. I reckon it? so. 
I, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, look, Dennis Allen, I understand why he's been appointed because they probably couldn't get that many people to interview no. for the role. And he does have previous head coaching experience and the defence has been really good under Dennis Allen. And actually, I'd really like to see him succeed. He was harshly treated in Oakland. He wasn't brilliant, but the, the team was awful. But it feels like the same scenario. Like, who did he have as, who did he have as quarterback in Oakland? Was it Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus Russell, Russell maybe. It, it, Carson it, Palmer, was he? Was it? I, think it was, I think Carson was there afterwards. It, it just feels like failure about to happen all over. Oh, Bruce Gradkowski springs to mind. Might have been the other one. It, it feels like failure set up to happen. And like you said, Sean Payton then have a year or two off. Bruce Gradkowski sounds like a pro-Evo version of Rob Gronkowski. I'm <laughs> telling you Bruce Gradkowski <laughs> was a quarterback. Either Payton will have a couple of years off be unsuccessful in the media and then come back to the job. Oh, I don't think he'll go back. Or he'll go somewhere else yeah. and they'll get some picks for Sean Payton, which we've seen which in the past. Which is also possible. Yeah, I, I, okay, that's fine. Uh, we can. I think they'll give him two years, though, because he's from within the franchise Yeah, and they obviously have faith in him. So I think he'll get two years two, at it. Two years to clear the salary cap, get back to a position where you're starting... I think there's zero. a very real chance Taysom Hill is the day one starting quarterback because he's, right, he's no the one else. under contract. There's no one else, yeah. Well, Ian Book didn't look any good. Like I said, there's no one else. Yeah. <laughs> Palmer. It was Carson Palmer, was it? Oh, I apologise. One thing that's very interesting, you're like, even with the Texans, there were people linked. I don't, I didn't see a single person linked to this, this job role. Were you not offered the role? Well, it came up late, didn't it, as well? Yeah. So other teams had already started just interviewing and having yeah. conversations. The enemy was listed as... Someone who was spoken to, but we all know what happens when Eric, Eric Bianami gets an interview. He's Nothing. unsuccessful. He's unsuccessful. Always, yeah. always unsuccessful. Yeah. Right, moving on from the Saints, because we're fairly sure that's going to be a, a shit show. Uh, <laughs> another team, speaking of shit show, that have appointed a coach, the Texans have appointed Lovey Smith. Uh, now, this is very similar to the Dennis Allen situation. But that feels very un-Texans. Or extremely Texans. Texans. Yeah, I'm with Jim on this one. This is this is what you call a terrible idea. So th this time, 48 hours ago, they were down to three candidates in the shortlist. Uh, someone Gannon, can't remember his first name. David, Richard, possibly. The defensive not not, not Rich Gannon. No, not, no, Rich, not Rich Gannon. The, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Yep. Brian Flores and Josh McCown. Yeah, 48 hours ago, you did not see Lovey Smith on the list of prospective coaches. Rob Brian Flores, as we know, for the last 10 days, has not been a prospective candidate anywhere. Well, I think they, we'll, we'll they get didn't to that. like the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, so they got rid of him. So it's down to two, Flores and McCown. They wanted McCown. They know they can't hire McCown. Yeah, but they want to. <laughs> it would be a fucking disaster. And I'm pretty sure that the NFL probably turned around to him and said, Please don't do that. That's the stupidest thing you can do for our why, image right Why would now. it be a disaster? He's got no head coaching experience, mm -hmm. and you're saying he's a better option over Brian Flores. I'm not saying that. No, that's what I'm saying. But uh, the, uh, it, uh, the NFL are seriously going to look at the Texans and go, you're saying that someone who's got no coaching experience at any level was a backup quarterback, or a good backup quarterback, is a better option than a coach, a former head coach, head coach who's had a winning seasons in Miami. Don't know. Didn't you it's have Brian really, Hoyer over Colin Kaepernick? It's a really bad look. I mean, also based on everything that's happening with Flores yeah. at the minute, hiring Josh McCown with no coaching experience is just. It would be a slap in the face. I think is what the yeah. term would be. It's setting the blue touch paper and running away very, very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
Lovey Smith is a, a seemingly an outside choice, but as well, I mean, who in their right mind would want to coach that Texans team at the moment? That yeah. is a Should it's a garbage. 100%. I mean, it's I know Lovey Smith's got the job. Anyone who takes that job is just looking at okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm getting a payout in a one year or two years. So why not stick with David Cully, who was yeah, there for 100%. that reason? Well, it makes you wonder who was actually in charge last season because Lovey Smith was the associate, associate head coach yeah. and defensive coordinator. Yeah. So did the organization feel that actually he had more influence than Cully? Quite possibly. And actually, last year was okay or better, or as what they expected. But maybe they just didn't think Cully had the leadership they wanted. Maybe they saw it in Lovey Smith yeah. and went, okay, well, let's keep doing what we're doing, but we've not got the right guy steering the ship. So let's just promote the guy with experience. That's what makes me wonder, because, yeah, yeah. you know, if he's the associate head coach... I've got no problem with Lovey Smith getting a shot at a head coaching role. I just feel this has come about in very suspicious terms. He, oh, I agree, but... It, He's an in-house te- appointment, don't forget. Yeah. For the Texans to hire in-house for somebody with coaching experience of the club and also the NFL with head coaching experience doesn't feel very Texans. It feels... When you say it like that, without the context of everything else has happened, yeah, it feels sensible. It, it, I think at the moment, though, Jim, to say that like the Texans are there trying to please the NFL, when the NFL have just refused to suspend their quarterbacks to save them $35 million a year... I don't know that they're going to be big fans of the NFL right now. I'm not sure they're that bothered what the NFL think, if I'm honest. I reckon they probably are. Really? Yeah. I don't think they're that happy at, that, at, that at, Watson never ended up on the exempt list. It cost ex- them a lot of money. Its, at its extreme, the NFL could force the McNairs to sell the franchise. At an extreme. If they piss off the NFL well, so much... Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't get a massage, did he? It wasn't no, his fault. But, <clears throat> no, but if, if Josh McCarron is hired... It just adds a massive credence to Brian Flores' case. That makes the whole thing much more difficult. But then if you're saying that the NFL is directly influencing franchise head coaching decisions, that's also disgraceful. I'm with Gary. I, I think if that's who they wanted, each individual team should be entitled to make whatever decision they like without the others being in the 100%. But it's a, you have to admit, it's a terrible look, isn't it? Yeah, it's a terrible Given look. Everything that's gone on. It's a terrible look on the league, not on the Texans. Yeah. So why do the Texans care? Do you know what I think? They're part of the league. Can they, I, own, they don't care. They own a, a one thirty-second of it. Can I? Can I make care. a suggestion? We're spending far too much time talking about a team that's going to be five and thirteen. Well, here, five here and is why. And um, five and thirteen would be an improvement. Lovey Smith, yeah. pros. He's been to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman, one of the worst quarterbacks ever to be in the league. Only played more than three games in a season three times in his career, but managed to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and is in the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Rex, Rex Grossman was not the impressive part of that team. No, of course it wasn't. I know. I remember the night we spent looking through yes, the Jewish absolutely. Hall of Fame. Right. Now, less impressively, his overall record is 97 and 111, uh, including an 8 and 24 stint in two years with the Bucks when, when it was first with the Jameis experience. That is not good. No, but that, that is a lot of experience. Though. That's the first yeah. two years of experience with the first with the number one overall pick, which yeah. means you were the worst team in the league the year before. He was in charge of the team the year before. They're the worst team in the league. Yeah, so he got. I said my point. He got, got them. He got them the number one pick. He got the number one pick by pulling all the starters mm. in the last game against uh, Tennessee. I don't recall which team. Um, yeah. But the one starter he left in, no Falcons. 
Okay. Go on. One starter he left in, Josh McCann. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the other thing. Josh McCann was his quarterback of choice. Um, I'm just saying, I it feels very Dennis Allen-y to me. It's like another guy who's on, well, in this case, his third shot round. I, I actually quite like Lovey Smith as a coordinator. I, I don't ever... I mean, he got, he got to the Super Bowl because Chicago's defence was the best in the league. It was his defence. Yeah. He subsequently yeah. come out and said, oh, my Tampa 2 package is really easy to, to get around. Like, he's basically given people the answer. So, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't... I, I think he sh- they should have just stuck with Cully. I don't understand why another sacrificial... I absolutely agree. They should have stuck with Cully. They could have saved themselves a lot of trouble. Moving on from the Texans, because they're going to be terrible. Another team that's going to be terrible. Uh, everyone remember Doug Pedersen won the Super Bowl? That team against that rubbish team. You really hate... It's not Evan Meyer. It's the Jaguars you hate, isn't oh, it? I think this is a really good hire. Yeah, so do I. Same as. Uh, <laughs> again, of all the prospective coaches, I think it's the best. It doesn't feel very Jags. Uh, no, it doesn't feel very Jags. Uh, While well, we've been talking records, he's 42 and 37 with a Super Bowl win. Uh, and the only blemish, if you like, on his record with the Eagles was his final season, 4 11 and 1, when they were all injured. Yep. Uh, so, in terms of prospective head coaches, I think he's, he's like a the best better Doug Marone. Oh, it's just. You know, he's a much better duck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think it's the best coach they've had in ages. I think it's, yeah. I think it's a really good hopefully. fit. It hopefully, we'll get the best out of Trevor Lawrence. You know, yeah. so we actually because yeah. that AFC, like we talk about with quarterbacks, is mental. Yeah. If you can actually see some quality out of Trevor Lawrence with some some sort of idea around him, some sort well, of game plan actually around Edison him, got the best could out of Carson Wentz and Nick and Foles. Nick Foles yeah. yeah. And and Nate Sutton. But is and he was he he was a quarterback, wasn't he, Pedersen? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. But is the issue? More that they've they've kept Trent bulky. Yes, thank you, John. That's where I was going. Because Byron Leftwich made it clear at, at the senior day that he would come into the Jags, but he wouldn't work with Trent bulky. He wanted someone else, someone from the Wilson, Cardinals. Yeah. Car- a- Wilson Adrian, the Car- Wilson, yeah. Adrian Wilson from the Cardinals, which I, bl- from the looks of it, has cost him this job. Whereas Pedersen seemingly is coming in to work, but being able to work with bulky. Pedersen has brought in Spielman. Spielman from the Vikings. He's also brought in Mike McCoy, the old Chargers head coach, yes. as the quarterback coach for Lawrence, which I think is possibly good, a good, good idea. Good specialised coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a bit, a bit brass to kind of go in and as, as a head coach and say, right, well, I don't want this guy as my boss. I want someone else. Yeah, but okay. Boss. So I, I, told, <laughs> I told you before we sat down this evening, Trent Bolke has fired more head coaches yeah. in the last four seasons than the Steelers have had since 1960-something. On, on the flip side... I fucking hate Trent Bolke, so fair play. Yeah. Trent, Trent Bolke is the reason that a lot of people wouldn't go there. It wasn't just Leftwich. Yeah. He was just the one most outspoken about it. But plenty of other people said, not with that guy. And you can see why. He, he's known as a backstabber, and I heard on another podcast, a snake in the grass. And basically just just goes to the owner and says, no, do this, do this. Apparently all the Urban Meyer League started with Trent Bolke. It doesn't shock me, but I think he was actually on the right track there. I'm not saying he wasn't on the right track. But no, he's the, when he's the reason that Jim Harbaugh left the 49ers in the first place. Absolutely. Place. After he'd been to three, count them, three yeah. NFC Championship games in a row. Yeah. So he maybe knows how to build a team, maybe, but it's not proven. But he certainly knows how to piss people off. And I don't think that's a good idea. Pedersen's been through this with Harry Roseman, who's probably mm. equally inclined to think he's bigger than everyone else in the franchise. So maybe he feels prepared for it. But this uh, Spielman from the Vikings... Is basically going to be Pedersen's buffer, apparently, and he's going to work between the two. Probably not the worst thing, is it? No, I think so. But but overall, I like this coaching hire much more than I like the Urban Meyer hire. 
The Urban Meyer Hire. Sounds like a terrible band. Urban Meyer Hire. That's Urban Meyer Hire. Uh, Hire Club. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's only certain waitresses allowed into that club. <laughs> oh, I feel a bit sick. Thanks, John. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the Dolphins. Anyone want to uh, tell me how happy they are with the Dolphins' appointment of, uh, of, of McDaniel? No? Thought I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, you don't feel like it's a big loss from the 49ers here? Oh well, yeah, I was I was really inspired watching our offense all season. I like, <laughs> like you know, like and, and seeing how they're going to just blow teams away. So Gary yeah, does have a point. I, I can I can you know I've lost loads of sleep over it. <laughs> Literally, I couldn't care tell less. me what we need to know about McDaniel because I don't know a great deal about him. He was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers yes. last yes. season. That's the bit I do know. What he else? Wears, do you know? He wears glasses. Okay. <laughs> He's I'm here for the analysis. <laughs> he's a minority appointment. He is, yeah. Uh, apparently, he's very intelligent and knows his stuff. Like, like I, I, I agree with Gary. Like, uh, the offense wasn't the reason the 49ers got to the championship game. No. But do you not think it's because they've looked at Tua and looked at Jimmy G and thought, nah, they got enough out of that guy? Look, you know, he, if you look on the sideline, Shanahan says he was going to give up play calling and stuff, didn't he? And he quite clearly hasn't, you know. And, you know, the offense has been built around Shanahan's schemes the whole time. What people think they're getting by taking the offensive coordinator from the Niners is somebody who's worked under Shanahan yeah. for, say, two years. That's why they think they're taking him. Does it impact us if we then just promote our quarterback's coach to keep learning under Shanahan? Well, I don't think in, it does anything. They brought in Anthony Lynn to be assistant head coach. Exactly, yeah. I like that. And I love that hire. Um who obviously worked with Herbert in his first year. So if Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback starting next year, what better way to have than someone who's coached a rookie quarterback with that type of talent? Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not overly fussed. You know, I think Robert Salah last year was a much bigger loss yeah. that we've seen. We've just brought through, you know, the defence has been just as good. Yeah. When we've lost defensive players, we've, we've still stayed at a similar level, lost def- defensive coordinators. Stayed at a similar level. Shanahan owns that offense. I think anyone who thinks anything otherwise is is crazy. I think the the thing with Carl Shanahan, and it's similar to Mike Shanahan, is he's gonna have a large coaching tree, almost like McVeigh is at, at the moment, because he does, for more intents and purposes, he, he is a good teacher of the offense. And, Sh- and Mike Shanahan's got the same, like a really large coaching tree, and that, these people are gonna get hired. Yeah, but he brings them through, and, and like Gary said, D'Amico Ryan's came through as a defensive coordinator, and if anything, our defense has got better. I mean, <laughs> we've talked about whether the Dolphins is a good job or not. Is, oh, there, I is, want it. is there a good chance that McDaniel, this is what I see, is there a good chance that McDaniel is next season's uh, Nick Sirianni? But then you think about it, there's cap room in the Dolphins, isn't yeah. there? There's cap room. You've got a decent, you've got a good quarterback. If he's had a, you know, a proper say in the offence, I mean, he's, the, the 49ers have done quite well out of a limited quarterback and nobody's running back. And that is what uh, Miami need to do next season. Because they've got nobody to running back. Exactly. I don't like some of the picks they've made. Yeah. Very high, in very high picks, first, second, third round. I don't think there's the quality there. So, uh, But I don't think that's a coaching issue. That's obviously a GM issue. Well, and we I know there's a well, franchise. Miami have been running, yeah. running, well, not running, without a running back for like yeah. six years now. Like, it's been forever. I can't remember who their last good one was. Frank Gore. <laughs> good last good one was Frank Gore. Frank Gore, yeah, Frank Gore was there. Hall of Fame running back, Frank Gore. Into Hall of Fame. 
Yeah. One's on Bourne Jay Ajayi. London Bourne Jay Ajayi. With his dodgy course. knees. Yeah. Actually, yeah. he was good at the he was Dolphins. Good. He was good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more, I think the issue in Miami is more on the GM than it is on the coach. Well, certainly if things are proven to be the way they are, then that could be another yeah. franchise that's forced yeah. to be sold. Yeah, if that is... We should mention if that, that the, the owner case, has... not the GM, it's the, the owner. owner. has come out and seriously rebuffed the allegations that have been made against him uh, offering Flores money for losses. And yes. also for allegedly arranging a, a boatyard, you know, meeting with, meeting with Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. apparently that didn't happen. This does feel a bit like a reverse Saints, though. That's added weird. Yeah, that's not a nice thing, is it? A reverse Saints. But Say you, in the Karma Sutra. You sneeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very clever. Um, you've got cap room, you've got a quarterback, you've got the opposite of what Dennis Allen's going into. Yeah. So I, I think they, they've... I'd rather have this job out of... Pretty much out of the other ones we've spoken about so far, this one... I would take the Jaguars over this job. I'd take this over the Jaguars. Um, okay, it's well... It's a tough division, though, in. That it, yeah, yeah it, it could be. It could be a tough division. Right. Final appointment, then. The Vikings are... <laughs> this is hilarious, this one. <laughs> Why? Well, I was not expecting that. No, no, was I? Why is this hilarious? Because um, Harbaugh uh, was ah. so convinced he'd got this job that he's been telling the guys, um, the prospective um, uh, people joining Michigan, that, you know, by the way, uh, I might not get this. And then on the day he uh, went for his interview, he flew out to uh, Minnesota. He was telling, he was saying his goodbyes to a thing. And they went and hired a bloke off Sean McVay. <laughs> yeah, so he can't technically be hired yet because he can't be hired until after the Super Bowl. But yeah, O'Connell is, is the man, former Patriots backup quarterback. Yeah, was yep. drafted in like the third or fourth round to back up Tom Brady, way back in the day. Never, never started for them. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a bit strange. Harbaugh was clearly the leading runner, and did not get given the job. And apparently, it's because he he, he just didn't interview well at all. Just came across as really harsh. Now, but the new GM was involved with Harbaugh at the 49ers, wasn't he? Yes. And that was one of the reasons they thought they thought he was going there. The other one being that he allowed his Michigan defensive coordinator to go and sign <laughs> for his brother at the Ravens. And so now he doesn't have all of his staff and he's back at Michigan. He's also come out and said that'll be it. He's no longer going to interview for NFL jobs. Yep. I think he was that convinced he was going to walk into it and it didn't happen. And he's just resigned himself to the fact that, OK, I'm not winning the Super Bowl. I, I still think it's a massive shame that we won't see him back in the NFL if that does come yeah, to fruition. Yeah, you want some harbour on harbour action again. Well, I, I didn't want it to go the way it did last time, because um, that was hardball to take. But um, you know, it was um, it was horrific. <laughs> it was horrific. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame. You know, he's a winning coach. You know, and um, you know he clearly is, can be successful in the NFL. And when we've got teams out there with a dearth of talent, uh, you know, a head coach, why is someone that's how many seasons did he actually have in the NFL? Like five. Five. You know. That's just ridiculous. And they were all but one was a winning season, I think. I think the one that wasn't was an eight and eight season. Yeah. Well. So, so you know, I'd say three NFC championship so games. So it's, it's bad if they can't attract that kind of level of coach back to the league. Mm. So then you have to take, you know, Dennis Allen or whoever it might be. You know. Yep. It's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think for the league that they, you know. I'm surprised no one appointed him. I really am. He he definitely wanted to come back, and I cannot believe he hasn't been appointed somewhere. Arkin is asking for too much money. I, I, think, I think he wanted a Gruden type deal. I think he's just a bullshit character, and I think it puts yeah, it puts, puts people off. Put people off, and he won't. I don't think he, he's the sort of player that will probably 
player, coach that won't interview well because he is he's a he's, he has a character that is hard to get. Do you on remember with. when? The Harbors played each other in the Super Bowl. They did interviews with the Harbors together, and he was so awkward and so just. He is dis- awkward. Yeah, yeah. But but what I mean is, you could see in those press snippets that he's not a slick interview. He's not um, someone who's going to put the arm around the press and give them what they want. Like John Harbor comes out with quotes and he says the things. He spends time. Uh, and it's just not the same. And and I think that people want that, that and that's what the interviewers clearly wanted. They wanted someone to. Extend that yeah, in their general because direction because that's really helped Bill Belichick through his career yeah. being a really now, nice that's where guy. That's I was going with this. Being Bolshe has won plenty of games for some head coaches, and I and I, and we've heard the same about Brian Flores. People saying, "Oh man, he rubs people up the wrong way, and he doesn't talk to these people." I've seen that a little bit over the last few weeks. Well, yeah, maybe, but I don't know if that is a reasonable excuse. I I, I don't get it, especially in this case with a, a guy who's way over five hundred as a head coach. Just think it's it's really strange. It's also a guy who's over five. When, when's the last season he coached? 2014. So, the yeah. league moves very quickly. It does. It does. That's certainly the case. And maybe it doesn't work anymore. But I'm surprised he hasn't. You look at the number of coaches that have had second or third jobs that are terrible. De- we've just named Dennis Allen and Lovey Smith. Also, you think bringing Gruden back after such a large absence. Yeah. I know it was longer and it was different, but that fell flat on I its mean, arse. The world had really changed for Gruden. <laughs> There was a lot of things that were not the same. Yes, quite. Uh, I just think go with some, go with someone new. The Vikings needed something new. They needed an injection of something different. Get this is O'Connell is something different. But is he not just one of these? Oh, it's off the McVeigh coaching tree. I work for Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. They they they're doing all whites elsewhere. So it's one of those things. It's just it feels it feels like a gamble. It's hard to to say. Oh, you know. Well, the Texans, the Texans, or you know what Miami, whatever you know, could have picked Harbaugh. Harbaugh isn't going to want to go into a, an organization no. like, okay, come into the Saints. We haven't got a quarterback, and you, <laughs> we need to trim fifty million dollars off the off the wage bill. Well, fuck that, mate. You, you know, so yeah, there's it, there is all because of his caliber. There is very few jobs he can take. And he only wants the, the upper echelon stuff. Exactly, and the Vikings is a rare chance for him, and it, it's fluffed just not, it, he's, he's fluffed it. Yep. And uh, um, I think it's it's sad that we're not going to see him, but it's also still quite funny that he didn't get it. <laughs> Back to your original. One, one of the good things about Jim Harbaugh, if you do an image search from him on Google, every image looks like he's just farted. <laughs> <laughs> his face just looks like he's just smelling um, his own fart. Does anybody else have any other? Coaching, <laughs> coaching appointments that they want to discuss. I will. I will obviously take the Patriots' view here that we've reappointed Joe Judge as special teams coordinator. Which, you know, that's fine. Versace has really got a job somewhere else, hasn't he's he? Gone special to, teams. He's gone to special teams coach for the Green Bay Packers. And they need Which, to improve that special team. That's a great appointment for them. I really uh, believe that. Not new hire, but the Titans have just announced they've extended contracts for GM John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. Which, and also, yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, while you're talking about the Titans, they have come out strongly to support Ryan Tannehill in the last week, basically saying, look, look where we were before he was here and look where we've been since. Yes, the playoffs didn't work out and he had a bad game, but through everything that we've been through, when we lost our star player this year and everything, he has been there and we've kept going. So they, none of the players want to see Ryan Tannehill replaced, even no, though some of the fans weren't happy. And this is all on the back of the fact that plans have been released that Aaron Rodgers is building a house in Nashville. 
I Rap career. <laughs> <laughs> Country and Western career. Ah, it's going to be so brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, John. Is this why we don't always give him a microphone? Can someone get him checked out after this. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. I just want to see Alan Rogers release an album because it's going to be so garbage. Well, at least I can understand what you said now. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm just going to circle back to it for a second, see what you say. The Flores question. Okay. On a serious note, the Rooney rule. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Correct? But I, I, it's a one word answer. I don't think there's enough information coming out around what the teams are doing for us to make a judgment of that nature. I think we need to understand more around who was interviewed, why people weren't selected, but I don't think you're going to get that from teams. Yeah, of course you're not. Uh, I, I agree with you, Paul, but I'm going to also say it's obviously not working. It, just, it doesn't work. No, it, it I, absolutely doesn't. I, I think what you need is transparency like you have with any major corporation these days. Do you? You do. With most major corporations now, every year when they do their end-of-year figures, they normally will talk about the diversity at each level, yeah. whether it be male to female, um, race, etc. And and that's what I mean by transparency. You know, Most businesses, when you do interview processes, you have to keep your notes. People are allowed to mm. see those notes. So you can see if people what people are writing about you, what how seriously they're taking things. So I don't know if it's the same in the states, but in the UK you have to keep that stuff because mm-hmm. people can lay claims like this. And I think the transparency about you know because it you know we know the players you know it's a black dominated league. So so how do we see that transpire into you know different areas? You know we see more black coordinators and coaches now mm-hmm. definitely. We're not seeing the numbers around how those other areas. We're focusing on thirty-two positions, yeah. and I get they're very high-profile positions, very important positions because they lead organisations. But I'd be quite interested to see some transparency in the change um, at all levels yeah. within organisations because it, it shouldn't. You know, obviously, everyone aspires to be a head coach, and you know, if you're in coaching in the NFL, that's what they're aspiring to. So that is important, but that's going to take time, isn't it? Because yeah. As you bring people through at different levels, unless you're Josh McCowan, yeah. unless yeah, but you you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. No, it, you I know, quite often people pr- get promoted after they do different roles. So, yeah. I'd be just as interested to see how the progression is at coaching level, coordinator level, yeah. and then at different um, areas within the backroom. You know, the GM level, the scouting levels. Over the last five to ten years, how many? How has that gone up? That would be quite interesting to see. That, I think you're absolutely. I think you hit on a really good point there, Gary. One, there's no as as far as I know, there's no kind of equivalent of like UEFA coaching license in the, in in the NFL, is there? I think the Josh McCown point is like he's come out of nowhere, and do we know he can coach? No. At least if there's some type of qualification or something, it, it, it's kind of it sets a benchmark, so we know that every candidate has reached a, a, a level where, okay, they're a competent head coach or they've got experience as a coordinator or, or whatever it might be. At the moment, I feel sometimes that people just get thrown in because they're the next great thing or the owner has some... There's too much on the owners, not enough actually on, on GMs and the rest of the interim board. The owner suddenly found, oh, look, Josh McCown. Yeah, he could be a really good head coach. I like the guy. Let's give him an interview. Yeah, as well, yeah, as we could... We, it's transparency again. I've got my, is my point as well. Um, I mean, yeah. Un, apart from uh, the fact that they announce on Twitter 
you know, seeming on the websites that you know we are interviewing this, it's all still subterfuge and whatever. And I, I know there's probably reasons for that, but it's it, everything's got to be released um, and uh, available to, still, to be seen. It still feels too much like a tick box exercise, yes. which is not what the Rooney Rule was meant to be. Do you know what? Some of this is is due to some of the way that the league operates. So in most major sports that you watch around the world, you know, where they don't have salary caps, they don't have, you know, draft based on your previous, you know, position, it it takes a long period of time to take a franchise from bad to good. And what you see with the Bengals this year, and we've seen with other teams in the past, the Falcons, you know, few years ago etc etc you can take a pretty shoddy team and with some quick decisions you in this league the way it's set up to be it's almost win now or win in two years yeah. every year yeah. so those decisions become short-sighted yeah because other teams fans they see other teams doing really well really quickly so the pressure builds you know and these owners want success now so i think some of it is just led by that. I don't think it's... It's just an interesting situation because if you watch, say, you know, Jurgen Klopp, for example, at Liverpool, it took him four years to win anything of any success, spending more money than most teams in Europe. Like, that wouldn't be acceptable in the NFL, yeah. even if you're Jurgen Klopp. Actually, you know? I think you're right. I mean, we chatted about this a couple of weeks back where we were comparing um, quarterback records from um, Bradshaw... Um, I think Dan Marino or Elway and, and Daniel Jones. And in the first three years, Daniel Jones had the better statistical seasons, which is just ridiculous. But it's it's the same with quarterbacks. They're, they're not given time at all. But I think when it comes back to coaching, Griff, you made the, probably the best point in, in, on text a couple of, well, last I doubt week. It. Go on. Where the Rooney rule, if, if owners are forced to do it, they're going to find a way around it. It has to be a culture change from the top. Yeah, and 32, my, well, 31 white guys le- heading up organisations. It's probably not po- the way to my go. My point that I was trying to get at was that the Rooney rule and other rules around that particular aspect are trying to force through change in a compressed timeline. And when you do that, you will highlight far quicker and with far more veracity any what would be small failings over a longer time. So then they become a massive talking point straight away and everyone's got to be guilty of doing something wrong. Not saying there shouldn't be change. It should be constant, of course, but they are trying to force it through. And 31 white guys own teams. One team's owned by a group of predominantly white people. I don't dare to, to add. Um, and when you get I'll near the... i Shad Khan, actually. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, 30 teams then. But uh, when you get near the top of these organisations and you want to be a head coach, you've got to interact with the owner. And people are... These, these owners are just normal people and they want to be in their comfort zone. And for most of them, that is other white people. It is. So that has to change at the top as well. Yeah. Otherwise, that will always be a wall. It's not a comfortable thing to say out loud. And I'm not accusing them of direct racism. I'm just saying... You know, well, you've got unconscious bias, haven't you, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I think where we need to get to is not, you know, it shouldn't ever be around a set amount, you know. Like, you yeah. know, it needs to be that the best candidates get the job. Yeah. So to make more minority coaches the best candidates, 
that's why it has to be from every level. Yeah, they need more opportunities further down. Further to down get further to keep up. coming so, yeah, through. I so it's, agree it's with that, but there also needs to be a fair adjudication process. And at the moment, based on what Brian Flores has says, and these are accusations which are unproven so far, it doesn't feel like there is that fair, that fair process. We joke about him, but Eric Bieniemy. He's been in charge of an, of, of an offense which has been on absolute fire for the last three to four years. Ooh, it's the, the top ranked offense in yeah. 2018. Super and the guy can't get a job. And I can't explain why. Like, Mike McDaniel gets a job. Okay, yeah, he is uh, by Rocha. He gets a job in Miami after one mediocre year in, in the 49ers. Yeah. And Eric Bieniemy can't get a job. Some something doesn't smell right there, and it might be that Eric Bieniemy is useless at interviews. We might be completely right there. Yeah, but at least if we knew that feedback, then we'd be able to go, okay, he's useless at interviews, and we know what the situation is. At the moment, with the unknown, it just adds fuel to the even fire. the even the feedback will be tainted by, as Gary said, the unconscious bias. Yeah. It will. It just naturally will, and because they're compressing everything, and you've got all this. But if you one, release one that end. feedback, at least yeah. at least people know. Okay, hang on, you probably can't say that. No, and then corrections can be put in place over and, time. And therein is the next issue along, which and we will move on from this because it's a bit serious for us. But people are terrified of being accused of doing something wrong. Not just the word racist, but anything wrong. They don't want to accidentally stumble into a minefield. So what they do is they go out of their way to avoid it. Right, tick the box, go round the minefield, don't get ourselves in trouble. And like you say, if everything isn't released, that's quite easy to do because there is a lack of transparency. So then these people aren't... There's no addressing of the issue. There's no like, well, you know, you could do this and learn this and do this because people don't want to be in the limelight associated with anything to do with racism. I like what the Giants did this year. Now, I follow all the Giants' social (laughs) media. (laughs) I like what they did with the... When they they introduced... They um, interviewed Leslie Frazier. Mm -hmm. And anybody they interviewed... They put their what they did, mm-hmm. what they have done, and what they've achieved. Yeah, and I think that's what should be in place for yeah. every person we're interviewing. So you don't get the stigma of that's our Rooney Rule interview. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Just it's small changes like that that need to be encouraged, and and it requires time as well. You you cannot falsely accelerate these things to a massive degree. It doesn't work. Yeah, um, but yeah, the. Uh, my, I think the point is the Rooney Rule. It's just too easy to circumnavigate, isn't it? I mean, that's what yeah. we start with. It's, the Rooney Rule is. I mean, <clears throat> I know we said these people. Are, you know, we've said the people, are, the, the owners are normal, and you know, but effectively, because the, the coaching, head coaching decision is on them. If they pick their guy, the Rooney Rule, the yeah. Rooney Rule is just a thing for them to, you know. Tick box and everything yeah. and skip yeah. pass. It needs to be there needs to be transparency and there Can needs I'm to be as well. Like we're we're, we're we're seeing so many bad head coaches mm. that actually um, it transparency is going to be it needs to be done. For the majority all. of coaches in the league only last three years. Yeah. That's terrible. Ridiculous. Um, unless, you're, unless you're Adam Gates, or he seems like a cockroach in a <laughs> nuclear winter. Can I, ask, can I ask a question? It just requires a yes or no answer from everyone around the table, and then we'll move on. Does anyone here think that Brian Flores is lying? No. About any of it? No. I can't give you a one-word answer. I'm going to say that um, his perception is his reality. Well... 
you're welcome to the world of politics, Paul. I feel with what's going on with what he's doing, him applying for head coaching jobs is mad. If you've got somebody who's in active litigation with the NFL, that's causing a problem by hiring them. We're doing a good job of avoiding the question, aren't we? Yeah, which is terrible. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't tell you either way. I don't know enough. This is two management on, people on the, giving you yeah, some management. It is. It is absolutely. And this is, you know, it's terrible. Um, I agree with Gary. Yeah, and I, and I will say, no, I don't think he is lying. I absolutely think these conversations were had about paying him for I, losses. I absolutely think he feels mistreated by the league. But there is always different perceptions yeah. of any interaction. And what he feels mm-hmm. is what he feels. Yeah. Is that was it, what was intended? I don't know. But that his perception of what happened is the reality to him. Mm-hmm. So he does not, but he's not purposefully lying. Are you coaching is, my ex-wife during my divorce? Is it necessarily <laughs> is it necessarily the whole truth of what happened? Not necessarily. It's his perception of what he perceived mm. and the reality to him and how it affected him and how it made him feel. So it's not a lie, but it's how it impacted him from his perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not looking at both sides. So much as with the Rooney rule, would you feel that the Flores question I've just asked is oversimplifying the situation? Because that's where I was going with that. Nothing's ever that simple. Right. Th- th- there's, there's far more to this than what we're seeing in the press. Okay, I wish to move on because I came in to talk about shaving my balls. I didn't come <laughs> in for an ethical debate. I just say, uh, no, you know, no. it's f- f- for Flores. Effectively, he's uh, it's now got to a point where he's given his career. He's Kaepernick himself. He's Kaepernick himself. Kaepernick himself. And that shouldn't be a term though. But no, it shouldn't be. Right, but it is. But the similarities it, are so it's painful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, things move on. He's, effectively, the next person to d- is going to be Floresing him themselves and. It's sounds horrendous, but that's it. You know, no, like you're right. he's given him, he's given his career for this. I hope that what we get is some change. Support for the Snap UK podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the performance package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code. The snap at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Before I had the support of Manscaped, the last time I trimmed my balls, they were redder than a New Orleans Saints salary cap manager. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and it is the game changer. So, inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the performance box of roots, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. And the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k LED spotlight should you need a more precise shave. So you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THESNAP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THESNAP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome back. Court is now in session for the Super Bowl roundtable argument without prep, apparently. Uh, it's not apparently, it's definitely. <laughs> well, well, one, one side it. has done no prep. 
Some some people did listen, some did not. Uh, John and Gary, you drew the Rams and will be arguing why the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Paul and Jim, you drew the Bengals. You'll be arguing why the Bengals will definitely win the Super Bowl. I want no fence sitting in this round table. None at all. John, off the fence at all times. Okay, first what, things why first. Why me? Guy, you're, you're famously spinter-bottomed. Unless <laughs> we're talking about something political or like, you know, New agey, you're just a little bit mediocre, <laughs> aren't you? A little bit like down, <laughs> down the down the road, but like when That's you get harsh. when That's you get when, when, when you get opinionated, you proper go for it. I just, I'm just pointing. Sometimes out. we have to anger you first, so I'm just trying to rev oh, you up. Yeah, you've really <laughs> fucked him off now. He's just <laughs> driven the nib of his pen to his notepad. Oh, putting Gary right. on you. <laughs> the category categories to consider will be offense, defense, special teams, head coach, standout player, and. The biggest weakness of your opponent. We will be starting Jim and Paul. I would like you to tell me why the Bengals' offense will take them to victory in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow. That's right. It's going to be a short podcast with that as an argument. There's a level of confidence within the Bengals' offense which I don't feel is matched with the Rams' offense, and I'll tell you why. Go on. Because you look at the Bengals. You look, at, you look at the Bengals' offense and you've got a, a team of players who've won things recently. The, the college championship. So you've got Burrow, Chase, you've got T. Higgins who won it at Clemson. Yep. With, um, I was, I was trying to think back past 1988 since the last time the Bengals did anything. I was but, a bit confused for a second. Oh, I'd appreciate if you'd hold your words. Oh, we're not allowed any heckling? No, no heckling. No, you've, you've, got the, you've got Burrow and Chase who Restrained are on heckling. that all-conquering LSU team. Yep. You've got T. Higgins, who came from Lawrence winning the championship with Clemson, who were phenomenal. You've got a, a level of confidence. And with the Rams, you've got some guys who got into the playoffs a few years ago and were a standout for a team that was shit. <laughs> Jim, anything to add? I think Paul summed it up. But I think Joe Burrow is just the type of quarterback that can overcome pretty much any adversity. I think you, he's just... Lots been made of the fact of his demeanour. He's just so cool. You can't, you can't fluster him. He's going to throw an interception. He'll probably throw an interception on, on, on Sunday night, but it won't affect him. He probably won't throw another one. Matt Stafford will probably throw an interception, and he'll probably come close to throwing another one. And he just seems to do it at the worst possible times. Uh, if you could stick to your team, please. I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, the comparison, this is why Joe Burrow is good. This is why he's better than Matt Stafford. I'd like to cross-examine this at this point and ask, do you not think the running game will be just as important? The running game because will be Because the important. Rams shut down everybody's running game. But you've got options with the passing game, and they've got they've played a system and a scheme with Joe Burrow where they've had to rely on him passing a lot. So if the running game is shut down, there's options. The, the, other, thing, the other thing of the Rams is they've not come up, up against a quarterback in the postseason who can run the ball himself. We saw this with, with Burrow against the Chiefs. If there is pressure on the middle, he can escape that. He has got more pace than people give him credit for. Okay. Thank you. Uh, boys, Gary and John, I'd like to know why the Rams offense is going to win the Super Bowl. Because of shit. Sorry. So, boo. I think the thing is, you know, with the Rams, they've been very balanced all season, you know, both on offense and defense. And when you look, you know, at the parts of their offense and whether they've improved, whether they are, you know, they've got the pieces they need the people at the right time so Cam Akers for example you know had a few weeks off but is now back and fit Sonny Michelle found some some form 14 weeks off 
Well, yeah, but he's fit now, isn't he? It's not, you know, but that's what that's what you need. Sonny Michelle found some form within that time as well. You know, they lost Robert Woods, but they went out and got Odell Beckham. They got Van Jefferson, who has been a good bit part player as well for them. They've got a good tight end, not an injured tight end. Um, you know, because Higby's actually done well again this season. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Cooper Cup, you know, which, like, do I need to say any more than Cooper Cup? Matt Stafford with, you know, the you know one of the most comeback wins of all time. You know, he's taken a team deep into the playoffs. And then you've got a coach that's been to the Super Bowl within the last three years and scored three points and has gone away and learned from that against, you know, a coach who we all thought should be sacked at the start of the season. So, yes, the Bengals do have Joe Burrows, but they also have Jamar Chase. But outside of that, I still think that the Rams' offence is the more balanced offence of the two. Who's the tight end that isn't injured? Well, he's not going to be fully fit, is he? he no, 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 I meant for the Rams. Is Higby injured as well? No, yeah. he? Oh, I didn't do any prep. He went out, <laughs> he went out in the first quarter in a championship game and he's day by day at the moment. That'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, John? When you compare this Rams team to the Rams team that shat the bed in the Super Bowl, the Rams team that, that day went in with a girly... At like 40% and they came up against Bill Belichick's defense. They are they're coming in this year with fully fit uh offensive players and apart from uh Higby who's day to day, but I think they'll survive. <laughs> and they're coming up against Zach Taylor, not Bill Belichick. I think on the offense, I think um it's all set for quite a big day for the Los Angeles Rams. Plus, the Bengals' O-line is terrible. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll, well no, that. because it's part of the offense. So, so, so yeah. it's part of the offense. It's part of our offense, not yours, though. But the, okay, the, <laughs> Ram, the Rams' <laughs> offensive line is much better than the terrible Bengals' Thank offensive you. line. We rest the case on the offense. Uh, defense, then. Uh, Gary and John, I'd like to know why the Rams' defense is going to win the Super Bowl for your team. So... The Bengals' offensive line. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's free of... The best pass pass rushers, like in the league, as well as. Um, I didn't know you had Max Crosby. I mean, you know, we can't we can't all have all pros, <laughs> but as well, you've also got the best uh, secondary player in the league, uh, and the, you know the, the the teams play so well. They've picked Eric Weddle out the gym, who's turned into uh, someone approaching the Eric Weddle of old. After two years, like it's just so. Gary said before, it's balance. They, they can rush the passer, and if if they don't, they they can tr- they will pick you off. With with Tyler Rapp as well back now, and he only just got back for the last game. He's now had another bit of time to train and recover. At every level, the defense is is very good and in very good form. You know, they've shut down good run offense. They've shut down good you know, pass offence as well recently. You know, you can use those safeties to play defence in so many different ways. And Joe Burrows got sacked nine times by the Raiders, you know, and we've got Von Miller that's going to be hunting him down. Like... He got sacked nine times by by the the Titans. Titans. And he won that game. Well, all right, the Titans, but he's still going to... 
I'd like to cross-examine this for a second. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, does he blanket Jamar Chase or does he stay on one side of the field? Uh, I think he will probably try to stay with Chase. I personally think he should stay one side of the field. I think they're strong enough at safety to be able to double up in different ways. Um, And I think it's about how you make Chase move around the field and move into certain areas of coverage. You know, Higby, you know, I've been a big fan all season. Um... But I think they do, not Higby, um, Higgins, T. Higgins, been a big fan all season. And I think that they have got to ensure that they don't just put everything on chase. You're going to have to give him some catches. What you need to try and do is force him into, you know, 10, 12-yard gains with really good safety coverage where you allow him to catch the ball so that you, you don't just leave Higgins completely open for half the game because he will hurt you almost as badly. But I think, you know, with the defensive coordinator they've got at the Rams, um, I think they can do that. Okay. Uh, Jim Poor, I'd like to know how the Bengals' defence will help to win the Super Bowl for the Bengals. The same way that they helped the Bengals get into the Super Bowl is by seeing what's coming at them and adjusting. I think the, the Bengals have made a, through the postseason, have been brilliant at adjusting to what's going on in, in front of them. Contrary to the coach on the other side, they seem to have the ability to flex what is coming up against them. So they've taken on Patrick Mahomes, and he did score a lot of points in the first half, but they changed what they were doing. And in the second half, the best quarterback and one of the best offences in the game scored three points. It's not just about kind of star players. They have got a couple in Trey Hendrickson, and even Eli Apple's been playing pretty well through the postseason. Even Eli Apple. But even without Eli Apple, you've still got... One of the best cornerback rooms yeah. in the league. And there's depth there. And I think one of the issues that, and probably you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the biggest issues with the Rams that we can see is that, yes, you've got probably the best cornerback in, in the league, but I don't know who the next best quarterback is in that team. All safety. Eric Weddle's old. Like, he can be ran around with the, the young receivers that the Bengals have got. They can give it to a player like Eric Weddle the run around. And also, with the safeties that we have on our side, Von Bell and Jesse Bates are two of the best safeties in the league. This is true. They are indeed. And their safeties are injured and old, (laughs) by comparison. And they've got the oldest player playing a left tackle. Please stop picking on your opponent until it's time to pick on your opponent. In terms of the Bengals' defence, I think it's, as the young people might say, sneaky good. Young people say that? I don't know. <laughs> when, when M- Middle-aged people, maybe. Say, when were you last a young person? You're the youngest one here and you're not a young person. So I think the Bengals' defence is severely underrated. Okay. Uh, special teams then. Uh, Jim and Paul, why are the uh, Bengals' special teams going to contribute to winning the Super Bowl? Much like the offence, just supreme confidence. Our kicker? Yes, McPherson. Good lord. Kickpherson. Yeah, or McFearless. That they you just you just give them the argument. There's there's a level of confidence, and that's somebody who's coming into the league and going to the Super Bowl. That's somebody who's not had. That's somebody who's not experienced failure. So they're going in there thinking they're going to win this. They've not you know sucks in the playoffs like most of the Rams players have. <laughs> Anything else to add on special teams? No, it feels not. Uh, boys on the other side then the Rams special teams. Tell me. Well, Matt Gay is a Pro Bowl kicker. Um, yeah, he missed one just short of 50 yards that came up short when he was injured. Um, but he has been... Another injury. He was injured. Just checking. Yeah, he's had a massage. Now he's fine. Um, ah, so... Sean Watson. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, they've performed very well, you know, on on special teams all year. Um, I don't think it's a problem. You know, normally you find either very good functioning teams or teams that just just blow up all over the place with it. And their special teams is on point. They're well coached, um, and I, I think they'll you know they'll deliver what they need to deliver. They don't make many mistakes on special team. Um, I mean, we've seen that because when you played the Patriots, Johnny Johnny Hecker set records for punting. In the Super Bowl, so you know they've got somebody with Super Bowl experience of performing well. Well, they do. They do have an excellent punter. You are correct. They do. I'd like to remind you to keep your peace until it's your turn. Well, no, but it's it was. Like, it I was, don't want to have to Ian Black it, it, for it, it, you. It, out, it, out was, it was very nice of Paul to remind me how great our punter is. Gary and, has uh, deliberately misled. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, field position will be very important in this game. You know, because the starting position of each team will be key, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the Rams will. Um, we use that to their advantage. So, um, you know, I think that was a point well made, Paul. Anything else to add, John, on your special teams? No, I don't think we're going to see much of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, in that case, then, uh, Gary and John, I'd like to know why the Rams have the advantage in head coaching, please. Because he's a bell end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you just wanted to slip that in, didn't you? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, this you know, is tough for you, I can tell. Yeah, like if we were doing our weakest point, we'd probably go McVeigh's. <laughs> attitude of being a child um but he has been there so that's the reason why isn't it and you know we know that when you go through this Super Bowl time it's different isn't it whether it's to do with media whether it's to do with um getting the players prepared um taking the learnings from the last loss um and what you did wrong and where you made bad decisions in the past um so you would hope that that will be enough to to get them through um, as well, the, the 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 opposition head coach is from his his own tree. It's it's you know it's McVeigh influenced. Um, you know the the we can say or you know the the some of the stigma against McVeigh is the he's part of the loss in the Super Bowl. Zach Taylor was part of that team. So I would remind you to stick to your own team, please. I'm just saying it's a relevant you've point. Got, yeah, no, I it, think you've got to let you know, have a little digs at the other team as well. Exactly. Because God knows I will. Uh, but but <laughs> as well, it's uh, as well. Zach Taylor was part of a he was a quarterbacks coach for Jared Goff. The team's moved on since then. His 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 knowledge is no longer relevant. It's fine. And, and I think as well when you when you look at Mavay with the right group of players around him, you see him get the best out of them. So Beckham was not good at the Browns. He's he's been good at the Rams. Um, you know, Stafford, you know, he's taken Stafford, I would say, onto a, a different level again. So I think, um, you know, he's, he's he can inspire people, but he can be a bellend. So can I then interject and ask, are you concerned about the fact that if uh, McVeigh isn't leading at half-time, he tends to lose? No, because... 7-22. 7-22, thank you. No, because he leads at half-time way more than he doesn't. Twenty nine times he hasn't burn. Well, yeah, but, he, but he's led forty five times or something. Um, okay, then I want to know. Seven, I want to know how the much maligned Zach Taylor is going to contribute to the Bengals winning. Sean McVeigh is four and eight against. That's, coaches. that's inappropriate. Griff, step in. So I tell you, from a, from, an, from an emotional standpoint, within this, right, McVeigh's never had the opportunity to suck as a head coach. He's still had a decent Rams team pretty much the entire time he's been the head coach. Yes. Zach Taylor hasn't. 
Zach Taylor's had a poor Bengals team and built his way up, and he's earned the respect of them. Well, McVay, what's McVeigh going to do? Just bring in another person who... Joe Barrow just saved his job. That's all that happened. I also think McVeigh likes to be the star of the show. Like He likes to be the, the, the big man in the Rams. Zach Taylor quietly sits back, lets the players take, take the plaudits, lets the players have their, their day in glory, and lets the players be the stars. He just coordinates and makes sure everything everything works well. And everything has worked well this year. So let me they, just check wait, wait, before wait, wait, you what, go what, on, though. Are you saying the best thing Zach Taylor can do... Shut is, up. Is, is nothing. <laughs> the best thing he can do is put the trust in his players to see the job for him. McVeigh is 4-8 and eight against his former colleagues. So, yeah, you're right. Zach Taylor was on his staff, but so was Matt LaFleur. I mean, he beat him quite reg- he's beaten quite regularly. He's worked with Carl Shanahan for a number of years, and we've all seen how many, how many times Carl Shanahan's has beaten McVeigh. So, I think, one, uh, and again, jumping a little bit ahead to one of the biggest weaknesses, people know McVeigh, and I don't think, and I think this comes back to adjusting, I don't think he adjusts enough within games, and that's within games, but also through time, because people know how to beat him. That worked out well for them when they won the won the, <laughs> the NFC conference, didn't <laughs> they? Don't have, they, don't have, they don't have to beat him that well. I mean, also, to say, like, he's improved Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford isn't on the Lions. That's an improvement. <laughs> Fair comment. Okay. I would like uh, to address the issue of a star player. You may only pick one standout player for your team and tell me why that player will help you to win the Super Bowl. So... Oh, I wonder who that will be on Jim the Jim and Paul. Jim and Paul, I would like to know why your star player and how your star player is going to win the Super Bowl for you. We've, I think we've already had the discussion around Joe Burrow and the impact he'll have on just the supreme co- level of confidence. Sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. Ackham's razor. Yep. Oh, we weren't listening. We were just actually trying to work out, out of all of our stars who to pick. I was assuming there was going to be a manscape joke in there when I said Ackham's razor. but nothing So, yeah, we weren't actually even listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're, you're sticking with your first choice, Joe Burrow. Uh, and you're confident, just confident in Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, but there's a, that's the reason why we picked Joe Burrow because there's a level of confidence in him. He's he's un, unwavered. Fine, fine. Um, in which case, then I'd like to know which of the stars on the Rams team you think is the standout player for the Super Bowl. So, after much whispering behind at the least microphone. forty-five minutes, forty-five seconds of deliberations, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to go with the man, the monster, Aaron Donald. So, in this game. If he can penetrate through the middle, then, you know, Burrow could get ploughed over. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think there was going to be a follow up to that. The, the, the I, I think, I think uh, Donald is their greatest player because he's coming up against the. Opposition's greatest weakness. Okay, well, if you're happy with that selection, let's go for that. We, I want you to argue the opposition's biggest weakness and why it's going to help you win the Super Bowl. I suspect I know where John and Gary are going. So follow up from where you just were. Yep, O line. So um, it can't work every week. You know, we've seen multiple quarterbacks. They can scramble. They, it just doesn't work every week, and and that's why they were inconsistent through the season, um, because. You can't expect a quarterback to get hit that much and expect them in high-pressure situations to make plays every time. And we've seen that the defensive line from the Rams improve 
the Von Miller, you know, acquisition was was superb for what they needed. That did a lot of a lot of speed off the edge, and I think that's a problem for the Bengals. And you know, it, it will cost them things like field position because if they have a bad you know three and out and they're having to punt from you know quite far back in their own territory, it's going to be dangerous against the Rams, and that's what will make the difference eventually. Thank you. Anything to add, John? No, I think it's uh, he's put it beautifully. The case of the Rams rests. Uh, final for the Bengals then. I would like you to tell me why your opposition's greatest weakness will help you win the Super Bowl. Strength and depth. They haven't got it. They've got some brilliant players, don't get me wrong. Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Jalen Ramsey are top three probably of their positions so far this season. Well, Cooper Cup's top one. Sorry, yeah, Cooper <laughs> Cup as well. Apologies. Just Cooper Cup, no. But when you pick past though, those star players, and this is how the Rams have built their built their um, their team. Once you get past the top one or two players, there's a severe, severe lack of experience and quality. If one of those players gets injured, and let's be fair, injuries happen. Who's going to step up in, into kind of Jalen Ramsey's shoes? Who's going to step up to Aaron Donald's shoes in the middle of that defensive line? I don't know who that is. So. I'd like, I'll jump in with this point. This is not a dig at the Rams. This is an example setting. Do you remember when the Patriots made the Super Bowl and the very first play of the game, Brandon Cooks had his soul eviscerated from himself? Oh, what, if that happens, what if that happens to Cooper Cup? Are the Rams able to be the same team without Cooper Cup? I think they can be, yeah. I think they've got enough at wide receiver. I, I think offence is not where they lack depth. Um, they've got four good wide receivers. So I, I don't think... And they've got two good running backs and they've got one day-to-day tight end. Um, <laughs> so they've got... <laughs> you know, so I think offence, they do have the depth. I think um, actually they have the, one of the most balanced rosters in the whole league. And and that was why I picked them at the start of the year to win the Super Bowl. That's <laughs> 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 in there somewhere, and it's because they they is that, is that quote made every yeah 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 yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah definitely. And look, they you can't with the way the salary cap is, you cannot have depth everywhere, can you? So you you've got to pay some stars, and then other places you've got to have your next man up not be quite so. You're same not level. you're not concerned that one or two injuries in the game could expose. I, I think that's a. Uh, a misguided view of the Rams uh, roster. It's an op- it's a optimistic view because uh, how many games has Donald missed this year? None. How many games has Cooper Cup missed this year? None. How many games has Matt Stafford missed this year? None. How many games has Jalen Ramsey missed this year? None. So before if, if, if before someone gets injured, though, how many games do they miss? In that I'm game? just saying, <laughs> if if your like. if 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 our weaknesses, our players get injured. I'm just going to say, Jamar Chase gets injured, your team just goes down the path. There's still T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, but then there's nobody else to mark, is there? So it's all what ifs, you know. Okay, that, that, that's it's fine. It's a big what if. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine, that's fine. No point taking that any further beyond the what we can and can't see, which was the, the point of this particular exercise. Okay, well, thank you for that. I, I will now go around the table and ask you to name actually who's going to win the Super Bowl. This is your general nailed on. You are not stuck to what you've just had to say because we throw we threw that together and didn't give you the choice. Um, I want to know who's going to win a score and the Super Bowl MVP. So I'm going to start with uh, Paul. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Okay. I'll, I'll give you some clarity. Go on. 
this feels a little bit like when the Giants last won the Super Bowl. The Patriots were this unstoppable machine with all the right players in the right places. And there's just this confidence within the Bengals team that I think is going to pull through. If you want to score, it's going to. I can't give you, I'll tell you, I don't know, 21 14. I don't think it's going to be this offensive blowout that everyone thinks. Um, and the MVP will be Burrow because it's probably the quarterback, isn't it? Fair point. John? I've been, I'm really confused on this one because. That's not like you. I know. I'm going to say it's won at the end by a McPherson kick. Okay, so you're taking the Bengals. Taking the Bengals, and I hate it because it go. You know, um, I thought it's going to be the Rams all. Not all season. That's what Gary's going to say. No, no. But for the last two <laughs> weeks, for the last two weeks, I think, oh, no way the Rams can lose this. There's no way the Rams can lose this. Which, of course, is generally the type of game that the Rams lose. So I'm going to say, and I just get the feeling it's going to be quite tight. And I think down, I'm going to say a McPherson kick. Gary. Um, so the Rams. Uh, uh, Gary, uh, <coughs> yeah, well, I have to, don't I? The, Ram, <laughs> the Rams, I think, will win um, 24-16. Um, I think it will be, you know, quite close. Not too high scoring. Um I think the de- both defenses are actually stronger than they get credit for, um, and the pressure of a Super Bowl um, will hit these players. Um, but I just think you know the Rams' experience of losing will help them, and they are better in in some aspects of the the game. Super Bowl MVP, uh, Matt Stafford. John, I didn't get your Super Bowl MVP. Remiss of me. Chase. Okay, uh, Jim. Oh, this is tough. My yeah. heart says one thing, my head says another, but I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I think the Bengals are just going to just inch past the Rams. I'm going to go for 28-24 to the Bengals. I think the I think they're on an emotional roller coaster. And I think sometimes emotions can push you further than any kind of rational thought. And I feel Paul made a really good point. Actually, it does feel like the Giants versus the Patriots has got that feeling to it, and I think that's going to see the Bengals get over the line. I think. Yeah, Joe Burrow will be quarterback because uh, sorry MVP because quarterbacks are MVPs. Okay, thank I think Griff. What about you, uh, Griff? Um, I'm similarly torn as you, heart and head. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say head. I'm going to say the Rams are marginally better in every facet except maybe quarterback. And I just think if Aaron Donald gets through that line three or four times, you, you might not even see Burrow finish the game. Like it could be that bad. Uh, don't forget, the best Bengals O-lineman from the last 15 years is playing for the Rams. And I think, for me, that that is the difference. I, I would love to see the Bengals win. And I think if they do win, it's a McPherson kick. John's nailed it. But I will take the Rams. I only want the Rams to win for smugness. That is literally... <laughs> like, Captain Smugwatch. <laughs> Captain Smugwatch. That is literally I, the only reason. I, I, would, I would like to see the Rams win because I've always been a bigger fan of Stafford. And... Andrew Whitworth has been criminally overlooked yeah. in his career. A bit like Joe Thomas was. Like yeah, They are yeah. two of the best O-linemen. And Aaron Donald deserves a Super Bowl. I would have no problem with the Rams winning, apart from Sean McVay. I, actually, I do love all it, those we, when we, we When we did this, we thought we were doing the weakness on our own teams and we had Sean McVay down well, as I, the weakness. He was our second. It was yeah. like Sean McVay and he's over-aggressive. Just over-aggressive and he acts yeah. like a little baby, yeah. you know. So it's just, you know. Just uh, mentioning Andrew Whitworth. Did you see him this week admit uh, it was a, a thing that he could have gone to the Giants, but they picked Eric Flowers instead? Oh, <laughs> that is, that's a bad look. 
if you want to if you want to film we've got an a entire pre- episode about shitting on the Giants <laughs> I know but yeah I just I just a week it, after the it just made me ball. laugh when I saw that comparison come up as oh fucking hell okay. yeah no um, I, I, I always look forward to the Super Bowl it's going to be easier knowing that you know none of our teams are in it no Brady we haven't had to watch it with you as a group when the Giants have been in it I would have pointed that out the Patriots and the Niners have been in it. But well, I'm just saying, it's none of our teams. Jesus. No, I just no, said we vested. I said no shitting on the Giants. <laughs> nobody vested interest. Because it, it makes well, it much easier. When I watch it with you guys, it's a fucking nightmare. Because, <laughs> like, when it was 28 3, you moped like a little cunt. <laughs> and. I did. I did. The only good thing about the, the 49ers losing was Gary's tweet. Like, literally, <laughs> everything else was awful. Almost, so, almost starting to believe. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's as bad for us watching it with you guys as it is for you guys watching it. So, just having completely impartial. Yep. And last year, as well, it absolutely sucked watching it over oh, Zoom. That was Shit. the worst. Yeah. As well, it was a bad game. We watched it over Zoom. Brady won. Brady I was watching it via the internet, so I was seven seconds you behind. You were seven seconds behind. I think Gary was having issues with sound. It just sucked. So I just can't... I'm, it's so great that we can do this again. We can be in the same room. And we have to watch the Kevin James film first. And we, uh, Yeah, we have to watch the By Kevin law. Oh. By law. Because... That's a terrible law. Because no matter how bad the game could be, mm-hmm. and not every Super Bowl is brilliant, it still can't be worse than Kevin James mugging his way through pretending to be Sean Payton. I'm really looking forward to the film. It's Kevin James as well, you think about it. It's probably got Rob Schneider playing Greg Williams. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Okay, okay. That is enough Super Bowl for one week. We have some news things to hit, so let's get through these. The, the, The key one here is confirmation of something we started discussing last week. Tom Brady has retired. Tom Brady, the... Ding, Most decorated, greatest quarterback of all time, whatever you want to call him, has retired after 22 seasons. This is, whether you like it or not, mammoth news because and we left it to Tom last. Brady's retired. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had other things to cover. Um, I, I, um, I like that it's huge he, for the he's, Bucks. Al- he's already said, um, oh, you know, I'm, n- I'm never saying never to, you know, coming back. Uh, and you're like, oh, please, because every time a quarterback goes down injured, everyone's going to go, Tom's back. Tom's, Tom's back. coming back. Do you know who I feel really sorry for? Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. His day in the sun at that Hall of Fame ceremony has been completely shit over. I feel sorry for Bruce Arians because he's already said he's coming back and if he now doesn't, he's going to look they, a Who bit are they going to have a quarterback? No, if, if I was Bruce Arians, I'd say, okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm off. I'm Super Bowl. I'm gone. I'm done. Because what does he care? Like, yeah. nothing. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does do that. I wouldn't be surprised if that's why Byron Leftwich rejected the job. Could be. For the Jaguars, is that he's got a nod. He's like, you're going to be a shoe in for this job next year. So, who is who is going to quarterback the Bucks? Didn't they bring in a second round? Yes, Carl Trask, Carl Trask who yeah. I really liked at the Florida Gators, but um, I don't know if he's the right fit for the NFL. He's we'll well suited for the Arians game, though. The Arians going to get Trubisky. Wow, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. It's going to be Garoppolo, I think, because he can. He knows the Brady playbook. Wasn't Josh Rosen there for a little? You yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. That's just a dirty word. Yeah. Dirty <laughs> word. Um, Brady will obviously have his own podcast. We we're, must. We're going to talk about all the retirees. All the yeah, yeah, yeah. over the last so two years. Two years, actually. But, yeah. uh, quickly round the table. Does anyone think Brady plays in the next two seasons at all? No. Nope. Nope. That's it. No, me neither. That's, that's five out of five. Uh, unless there is, like, in the playoffs 
next season, Mac Jones fractures both his both his ankles. He's that's never the only way I could see he's never even, coming back to the Belichick's Patriots. Belichick's never going to take him no, back. No, it's never that. happening. That's over. Um, okay, uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray removed himself from all the Arizona Cardinals social feeds. Is that social the media? So, yeah, social media. He removed media. any pictures of himself that had anything to do with um, the Cardinals. From is this the modern way of protesting and saying I want? It's X. the the modern way of giving a less than subtle hint that he wants a new contract. Yes, and if you're the Cardinals, are you paying him? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there is the argument that you don't have to. Yeah. No, you don't. I mean, if you believe he's your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, then yes, Do you Do we believe him. he's their franchise quarterback for the next 10 years? <sighs> Bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Is that the saying? I, mean, I think he means yes. I think he means yes. The draft class is Tell me about these two birds you've had in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to see the Dak Prescott saga all over again where yeah. you yeah. just see it unfold how, for a yeah, whole year. And look how much that cost the Cowboys. Like, they could have signed him probably for a lot less originally than they ended up paying him last year but that's still what you're going to see this yeah. is going to rumble on all year just and pay the guy and we've also spoken about Lamar's contract coming up so you want to pay Kyler before Lamar's yeah, contract sets a precedent yeah but yeah that's fair I, I, I don't particularly like this uh, oh I'm not happy three years into my massive contract stance I think it's extremely greedy but I get the other side of it which is it's a limited career and you've got to maximise it so uh, you know, but then the league needs to look at what they do with rookie contracts for you know, kind of first round talent, then because well, you can't go unlimited again, because then you get back to the Sam Bradford situation. Yeah, oh, you you end up with when you've got someone who's as mobile as Kylie, there is only so much tread on the tires. Yeah. So I, 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 I sympathise with him completely. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Okay, um, we covered Alvin Kamara earlier. Bit of a scuffle. Uh, I mean, I don't really want to hash over it again, but uh, is. Is it something to be concerned about for the Saints? Bearing in mind, we have no idea what's happening with Michael Thomas. They don't have a head coach. Should they be concerned about Alvin He, he wants out anyway, doesn't he? I think I think everybody wants out. But there's, That's going to be the shit show to watch, isn't it, this off-season? It feels a bit that way. Apparently um, we're watching it on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> and finally then... No, he's, not, he's not at the Saints. He's coaching his kids' team. Oh, right, yeah. And finally then, Washington have unveiled their new name. And if you were listening to Joe Theismann the day before they unveiled their new name, he unveiled their new name in advance, which was great. Um, A drone unveiled it about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, The the Washington Commanders. Commandos. Yeah, or Commies, which is unfortunate. Keep those balls shaved if you're going Commandos. You have, absolutely. Well done. Say hi to Manscaped. Um, This is a terrible selection of a team name. It's just... Washington Commies. It's Washington Commies is just not what they want to be known as. Um, there's, there's that knobhead in Washington who registered every name possible that he could think of. Yeah. And that's the reason why you've got the Washington Commanders. Well, they could have just bought any of those names off of him. It's not that sh- short of a box. Is it? No. Although Daniel Schneider is currently up against the, the House of Representatives because he's been groping everyone. Yeah, more accusations against Dan Schneider yeah. this week. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. yeah it's just not good. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, quite frankly, if the league was looking for someone to <laughs> move out of um, their position, it is Dan Schneider. Hasn't he already signed the franchise over to his wife? This is getting very clever to if he hasn't. I think he did. That, that's, it's getting Donald Sterling vibes. Yeah, it, it is a bit. Yeah, he had to go. And maybe Dan Schneider has to go. Um, okay, so we, we <laughs> basically they've spent two years and was it something like 16 million? No, more than that, $60 million. 
researching and coming up with a new logo. It's, it's how, terrible. how people like Jim get fucking paid. I know, I know. That's why I'm smoking. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and we could do his job for him. He just doesn't appreciate it. Um, but this is what we've got to live with. I don't know what they're going to shorten it to. If it's shortened to commies, commies. it ain't going to last very long. <laughs> they, they play in red. Exactly. The commies in red. Apparently, Washington Commanders is the longest name in the league. Yes, it is. In terms of letters. It absolutely is. It doesn't roll off the tongue. No. I like the kit. Yeah. It's no red pandas. But or well, red hogs. Yeah. Red hogs. Would red kites as well, isn't it? There were, yeah. You know, there was yeah. there were red tails. Red tails. Red tails. So red kites <laughs> are the things that fly above yeah, my sorry. garden. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, cool. still, that's still better than the commanders. Yes, it is. But yeah, the red, the red tails. I'd have loved to see the red tails. I think it, it red hooks would have been great, just like the heart back to the eighties with the offensive line there. Yep. But yeah, there were so many better options, and I mean, you only had to look at Jim sent us the link. Oh, that they've unveiled this on Twitter. If you read the comment stream below, I only went about forty or fifty down. There was not one supportive comment, and they were all from Washington fans. People basically resigning their fandom. I, I mean, I agree, it's bad, but I think. If you took, if you look at any franchise, if suddenly came out and said, if, "Let's take the Buffalo team and say, oh, our nickname's the Bills," everyone would be like, "That shit." The Browns, oh, that's just crap. The Packers, <laughs> yeah, they pack a lot of cheese. They do, yeah. But like, all names so are you're bullshit. It's just that a, it's new. We've <laughs> got to revisit this in twenty-five years' time. Yeah. yeah but what does forty-nine a mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bullshit's that? Okay, fair enough. They are. Gary's now explaining it to them. Yeah, but if I you have to explain it, it's the gold rush. It's the gold rush in 1849. Sweet Christ. But if that came out today... You'd think, bullshit. Right. That is enough. We will be back after the Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl, when we're all going to be very tired and very emotional. And please, we will be emotional. I None of be. our teams are in it. I will be very emotional because I might have been up for about 72 straight hours at that point. Um... Depends on Gary's smug level. <laughs> what if the Rams win? <laughs> Gary might not be invited onto that point. <laughs> <laughs> right, some of us are off to trim our balls. Some of us are going back to work. Make your mind up who's who. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back after the Super Bowl. Thank you and good night. Enjoy the game. Support for today's podcast was brought to you by Manscaped.com. Get 20% off the performance package with the code THESNAP at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the code THESNAP at manscapes.com.